0: not only because as always we celebrate the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but today it's our privilege to take a moment and say Happy Mother's Day. Today the world celebrates you, as they should. But in this church we want you to know we honor motherhood, we honor especially Christ-loving moms every day we are thankful for you. I trust you've already had a pleasant morning, maybe even gotten a little treat for breakfast. Hopefully not like the man boy that shouted out to his mom on Mother's Day. Hey mom, how does breakfast in bed sound? She said, oh that sounds lovely. He said, great, I'll have bacon, hash browns, and two eggs. The fact is, it's not easy to be a mom. If it were easy, as one wise guy said, fathers would do it. (laughs) And so today, to all the women who do it all, moms, whether you have children of your own, or you're a bonus mom, or a single mom, or you're a mother to nieces and nephews, or a mother to the children of the church or a community, we feel very blessed to recognize you We do not take your sacrifices for granted. Happy Mother's Day. We love each one of you. Let's give them our praise here this morning. Again, thank you. Today we are taking a one-week hiatus from our current wonderful series, The Lord is Blessed So Much, The Commands of Christ. Thank you for all your positive feedback. This morning, honoring biblical motherhood. The greatest book that's ever been written, the book that is above all books, the Holy Bible, is abundantly clear about the extreme importance of mothers. In fact, in the very law of God itself, in the book of Exodus, Moses relayed to us God's opinion, Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12, honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The great emancipator Abraham Lincoln affirmed, no man is poor who has a godly mother. Our iconic first president, a godly man, George Washington, expressed all I am I owe to my mother. Late International evangelist Billy Graham said, Only God himself fully appreciates the influence of a Christian mother in the molding of character in her children. An evangelist of another era, the Billy Graham of his day, Dwight L. Moody, made an astounding statement, and one that I think sets the stage for what I would like to think about this morning. I have lived over 60 years. Listen, I have lived over 60 years and have learned one thing. If I have learned nothing else, no man or woman who dishonored his father or mother ever prospers. Yes, honoring mother and father is a statement that comes directly from God's Ten Commandments. By the way, the Ten Commandments should be something It is on the wall of every public government facility, including our public schools. You say, well, religion has no part in school. First of all, that's dumb. Second of all, that's not religion, that's moral. They are the moral principles for living. Now the question then comes is, how do we honor mom? The honoring is what God tells us to do in the second section of the Ten Commandments, the, as they call it, anthrocentric portion, the man-centered. He starts off with this pivotal command of honoring. And the first command of our command towards mankind is towards the first people we meet in life, our parents. God is saying a religion that doesn't begin at home simply doesn't begin. If honor in the home decays, then honor in the church decays. When honor in the church decays, then society itself decays. And it becomes a place like where we're at today, where there is so much insane political correctness that you cannot even say the word mother now, but rather a birthing person. And so in that regard, it is not merely sentimental when we say we want to have and honor Mother's Day. Folks, honoring mothers is biblical. Not only is it biblical, it is commanded by God to honor mothers. We are, in fact, to give honor not just one day a year, but 365 days a year to our mother and our father. In fact, the word honor is an interesting word. It means to give and place weight on that person, to add weight to them. I'm sure that's something that no mother wants, adding any weight to her, but I know for me, I've discovered that the, uh, I don't like any extra weight. I tried an Apple Fitness product on my iPhone, and it didn't work. It was called the IHOP, but I just kept gaining weight uh, at the IHOP. But when the Bible talks about weight, it's talking about adding value or honor to a person. It means not pounds, but godly respect. And so today, I think, I would like us to gather our thoughts and minds around four ways that each of us can honor our mother, whether we're still in the home or whether we're out of the home, whether our mother is a living or not, or perhaps your pleasant, your memories aren't so pleasant. I believe we can give godly honor. And so let's pray, and then we'll get into this. Father, thank you this morning. Thank you for the beautiful time. Lord, just been a beautiful 24 hours, Lord, with the wonderful ladies' tea and then the services already, Lord, how our hearts have been blessed and touched. Now, Father, would you just gather our hearts and minds in this great word, and we'll thank you in Christ's name, amen. The first tablet of the Ten Commandments dealt with our vertical relationship, that is, the relationship with God. The second tablet is our horizontal relationship, having a right relationship with people. And so in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12, a person cannot be right with others unless he or she gets right with God. They are interdependent one on another. Honoring parents is the foundation stone for a stable society. To disobey this command is to disobey and honor God Himself because God calls Himself our Father. And so let's read this well-known verse out loud. Exodus chapter 20, verse number 12. We'll be reading from the King James Version, also known as the Authorized Version. Let's read it together out loud. Ready? Begin. Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Honor. The word in the Hebrew is kabod. It means to weigh something, to add weight to it, to count something of being of value. The opposite of kabod, which be to treat someone lightly or with disregard. Today, I believe there are four ways I believe we can add weight and respect and honor to our mothers. Number one, let's respect their status. Having a proper respect for them as a person, yes, but even more, we should respect their status in that they actually maintain a biblical office, as it were, maybe a position is a better word, certainly role would be a proper way to say it. She plays a role in the economy of God, a parent. You say, well, Honor, my mom, she is not perfect. My dad was not perfect. Of course not. Do you know anybody who's perfect? Well, the fact is, only perfect children could expect and demand a perfect parent. And I think we should all remember that not only do kids grow, parents go through stages as well. And as the founder of the Focus on the Family, James Dobson, famously said, "...parenting isn't for cowards. It isn't easy. They don't always get it right, especially in this world of smartphones and dumb worldly values. It just seems like it is more challenging all the time. Like the 20-something-year-old young lady who said, "...I always thought it was my mom who was crazy." And now I realize it was me all along. I totally drove her crazy. I get it. Yes, the fact is parents go through stages. Hopefully they mature. And yet, though they mature, they always are a part of that role, that office, that, that thing in the Bible that says they are a mother or a father. The Bible teaches yeah, us that we are to give them our respect regardless of maybe how they always act. Listen to Moses, Leviticus chapter 19. I wrote about this in our email this week. Leviticus chapter 19, verse number 3. You shall fear every man his mother and his father. And say, well, I got that right. I was definitely afraid of him. Well, that's not what that word means. It means to have a healthy respect. And God relates it to giving God honor about the Sabbath. He is the Lord our God. The old Jewish doctors of law say that this is what it meant. Don't stand in their way. Don't sit in their place. Don't contradict what they say. Don't call them by disrespectful names. That was a bit of advice from 3,000 years ago. The rabbis of old. One dear, frustrated mother, poor thing, she asked me what I thought she should do. Her sassy, disrespectful teenage boy had become basically totally non-compliant. She had gone to a therapist with a screw loose, and he told her that uh, she should negotiate with her son. Well, as gently as I could tell her, I recommended that she not negotiate with her son. For me, I take the Chuck Norris approach. He doesn't negotiate with terrorists. They negotiate with him. Chuck Norris, it is said, doesn't work at a help desk. He works at a hurt desk. <laughs> and I think maybe that's the better plan. But friend, if some of the modern, disrespectful, entitled teenagers we see on primetime were to shoot off their mouths the same way back in the Old Testament, there would be some serious consequences I think I agree with the frustrated mother who said, I brought you into this world and I can take you out of it too. Now, would you like to hear how God thinks about a disrespectful young person or any person? Well, look at uh, wise Solomon in Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 17. Now, this is going to shock some that are kind of a little tender minded here, but I want you to lace up your bootstraps and uh, listen. The eye that mocketh his father and despiseth to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pick it out and the young eagle shall eat it. And that's some wild sounding verse right there. It is to some degree poetical but it is also real in a sense. What Solomon was referring to is what happened in some cultures, not especially the Hebrew culture, but it was often happening where after a person would have capital punishment for a crime that was worthy of that, convicted, they would be then hung up afterwards and left up. I'm not recommending that our country do that, but then by the end of the day, the ravens, the birds would come, and because the person was dead, it would pick the eyes out. The idea was that disrespect guarantees consequences. That's the meaning of that verse. And it means that not only will God make it happen, but oftentimes mankind is the executor of that. When my children were growing up, I tried to be consistent with uh, loving but strict commands, but... Of course, they got away with things at times. But I will tell you one thing that they never got away with in our house. And you can ask them this. They never got away with sassing their mom. There was just something inside of me that would rise up that was not going to happen. Because I know what she went through for those children. Now, I can tell you, my dad impressed upon me the seriousness of my actions one day. I was a junior high, little smart-aleck boy. I don't know where I had thought about it or picked it up or whatever, but I did. And I called mom in front of my dad, the old lady. Those blue eyes of his turned to a chiseled cold steel. His lips became razor thin. I looked at his face and I thought to myself, I'm going to die. <laughs> Suffice it to say, I never said that again. If you want to live a long life, if you want a life full of blessings, respect and honor your mother and your father. Respect their status. They have a role that is God-given. Not only respect their status, but respond to their statutes. There's a second way, and that is to live a life of obedience. When our children are still in the home... They are to obey. If you're still in the home, you are to do what your parents say, your guardians say. When you're out of the home, and you're older, you are to still value their advice. The eminent New Testament apostle Paul indicated that honoring mom meant complying with their wishes. It's the right thing. It is the God thing. In Ephesians chapter 6 here, Paul, quoting the Old Testament law, said, children, obey your parents. It's sad that he should have to stand up and say that, but he did, and it's needful to be reminded. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. It's the right thing to do. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee that thou mayest live long on the earth. Do you want to do the right thing in life? then the right thing begins with obeying your parents in the Lord, or as God says. You can say, well, Pastor, what if my parents ask me to do something that is not right? Well, the Scripture is clear right there. It says, obey your parents in the Lord. That means according to what God has said. Obviously, if they ask you to do something contrary to the Word of God, or to not do something commanded by the Word of God, then of course we are not to do what they say. In that regard, it comes down to what the Apostle Peter said to that kangaroo court. In Acts chapter 5, they had told them, essentially, they just couldn't have church anymore. Can you imagine government officials telling people they can't have church? In Acts chapter 5, verse 29, Then Peter and the other apostles said, Uh, no. We ought to obey God rather than man. However, that is not typically the problem when children don't obey parents. Because more often in today's world, it's that they want to be their own boss. They want to do what they want to do, whatever they want to eat, whatever they want to watch, and whoever they want to hang out with, and whatever time they want to go to bed. And nobody is going to tell them what to do, and you better not take my phone away (laughs) That's the attitude of so many today. A young person, you need to know that obedience is not meaning that they are always smarter than you or somehow you're dumb. Not at all. Yes, it's true. You can figure out things, electronic things like whiz kids. You know algebra, but you haven't experienced life enough. For example, when I was a child... Back when Noah was alive, I couldn't understand the wisdom of going to bed at 8.30. I mean, I think it was right after that that my three sons came on, and I really wanted to watch that. But I couldn't understand my parents' perspective at that time. Now, having experience of life, I get it. I understand what they were trying to get across. Of course, now I can't stay up past 8.30, but that's another thing. We are still supposed to obey when we're young. Notice what the Bible says. There's a blessing in obedience. Not only is it the right thing and the godly thing, but the Bible says it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. Now, I like it when things go well for me, don't you? Life is tough enough without having wind against you, unfavorable winds. But notice here the not-so-subtle reminder of some serious consequences of not obeying, that you may live long on the earth. Meaning, if you don't obey, there's a real possibility of not living long. Did you know that in fact, anarchy in the home is what characterizes the end times? Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3 with me. Here the Apostle Paul described an age that was unraveling at the seams if you read through these verses, it sounds just like a modern day news feed. This, know also that in the last days, there is a last days. And 1 John says, Beloved, we're actually in the last days. They've been for a while, but that is a constant getting worse. It's perilous times. We should not imagine anything else. We're grateful when it's not so much. But men should be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, oh my goodness, proud, blasphemers, oh goodness, I've never seen so much blasphemy in my life as recently. And then notice, disobedient to parents. That is one of the things that characterizes the end times. Telling children they don't have to even obey their parents. Some do today. I think they are, Today, you know, there's warning labels for everything. I opened up a little package this morning and ate some dried bananas. And I noticed there was a little thing in there, and I looked at it. It didn't look like a banana. And it said, do not eat this. And so I ate it. And uh, But, um, no, of course I'm not going to eat it. They put warning labels on things like that for dummies. But I think they ought to put a sign over the doors of some young people that says something like, uh, warning, the Bible says, disobedience to your parents may be harmful to your health. You know, we need to warn them, it's not going to go well for you. And the Bible says your days may not be long on the earth. The mother of the great reformer, John and Charles Wesley, Susanna, who was the mother of 18 children, if you can imagine. The child that never learns to obey his parents in the home. Will not obey God or man out of the home. And so we should respect their status. We should respond to their statutes. And number three, we should receive their suggestions. How can I honor mom? How can I honor dad? By receiving their suggestions, by valuing their recommendations in life. Now, there was a man in Scripture whom God says was really the wisest man that ever lived on this earth. His name was Solomon. Here's what he said in Proverbs chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. And you need to look at this verse closely. It's a wonderful verse about parenting. My son, hear the instruction of thy father. Forsake not the law of thy mother. There be an ornament of grace into thy head and chains about thy neck. Ah, it's a beautiful thing to see respectful sons and daughters. Like a, a beautiful jewelry. Like the finest of jewelry. Now, we should not imagine that at any age we don't need to weigh what they're saying, give consideration. And that's especially true if our mother applies the Word of God to her everyday life. Notice what it says. Hear the instruction of thy father, and don't forsake the law of your mother. Now, I want to use this opportunity to point out, contrary to false characterizations of the evangelicals, It is not just dads that we should follow, but it is the moms also. Very clearly here. Christianity always elevates motherhood and womanhood a whole lot better than Bud Light, promise. Now notice what it says here. It says here, the instruction of the father and the law of the mother. Now Hebrew scholars tell us that those are two different words. As I studied through those, I was fascinated by the difference. The idea of instruction has the idea of a correction, but it also has the idea of a school of thought, a big picture. So the father has the school of thought, the correction. The mother, it says, it is the Hebrew word for Torah, it says the law of the mother. The law provides precise guidance. That's the how-to. What a great plan. Godhead. They're just kind of subtly mixed in that verse. He said, here's how the roles play out. The dad sets the direction of the home. He oversees the correction. Mom gives the individual guidance, the how-to for each child. Young person, if you want to honor your dad, you should understand he has set and prayed about a godly direction for your life. Your mom, she's given you the how-to of make that happen. Do you look at your parents when they speak to you? Do you respect them? Do you listen to your parents? Now these little teeny, uh, tiny uh, AirPods are everywhere in society. They, you see them in ears everywhere. They're, people in movie theaters are wearing them. I've even seen them in church. I've even seen them in funerals if you can imagine. People with little things in their ears Now, in private, that's one thing. But let me be clear. Always take out your AirPods when speaking with someone in real life. It is rude not to. And I will tell you, some teenagers are so rude with their electronic gadgets, I can understand why one mother said about her teenage daughter, she said, Finally, I understand why some animals eat their young. Don't. Do that. Listen to them. Look at them. Have you ever noticed in your life how much smarter your parents do become the older you get? Listen to them. Mark Twain said, when I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant, I could hardly stand to have the old man around. When I got to be 21, I was astonished how much the old man had learned in seven years. You say, well, my parents are not as educated as I am. Did you know that really doesn't have anything to do with it? Now, if you're going to operate on somebody, your doctor does, I guess, or if you're working on something with technology. The general principles of life, common sense, wisdom cuts across all education. I suppose for a moment, uh, uh, here I am, I'm a child. My parents decide they're going to go to Half Moon Bay. We've gone there several times. We love it over there. And so they take off and they go down I-5, go with a 205, 580, finally going to 92. Get over there to Half Moon Bay. Then they text back to me. They said, I know you're coming. But we got here already and I noticed that the freeway is all clogged up on 580. So maybe you might come on H- Highway 12 and come around the big loop there. And if you do that, make sure you look over and there's lots of flowers there. In the fields by Fairfield, and so, so what's happened there? You'd say, well, they're smarter than you. No, they've just already they've gone before me, and since they went before me, they've seen things that could help. They've seen things that could be a blessing. So we ought to listen to them, and that's why we ought to listen to our parents. There are detours in life. There are all kinds of things that happen. And because they've been there, they have experience. They've already been through it. It's not especially the more educated or even smarter, but they have life experience. Jan Spencer wrote this. What is a mother? Somewhere between the youthful energy of a teenager and the golden years of a woman's life, there lives a marvelous and loving person known as Mother. A mother is a curious mixture of patience, kindness, understanding, discipline, industriousness, purity, and love. A mother can be at one and at the same time both the lovelorn counselor to a heart-sick daughter and the head soccer coach to an athletic son. A mother can sew the tiniest stitch in the material for that dainty dress, and she is equally experiencing at threading through the heaviest traffic with a van. A mother is the only creature on earth who can cry when she's happy, laugh when she's heartbroken, and work when she's feeling ill. A mother is as gentle as a lamb and strong as a giant. Only a mother can appear so weak and helpless, yet be the same one who puts the fruit jar cover on so tightly, even dad can't get it off. A mother is a picture of helplessness when dad is near, and a marvel of resourcefulness when she's all alone. A mother has the angelic voice of a member of the celestial choir as she sings a sweet lullaby to her baby held in her arms. And yet this same voice can dwarf the sound of a megaphone when she calls her boys in for supper or cheers them on at a game. A mother is old-fashioned to her teenager, just mom to her third grader, a simple mom, mommy to her little two-year-old. But there is hardly a thrill in life that can compete to pointing to that wonderful woman and be able to say to all the world, that is my mother. Thank God for these mothers respect their status, respond to their statutes, receive their suggestions, and finally this morning, repay their sacrifice. God wants us to bless and help our parents. And we need to know that it's more than just a good plan. It is a sin against God if we don't help them in the home and especially in their sunset years. Listen again to that verse. Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days would be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. I hear of some young people today, your mother has to nag you to do the dishes. Your mother has to nag you to empty the trash. Frankly, has to beg you to clean up your room. Now look, I realize our homes aren't meant to be model houses, but it is rude to make somebody else clean up your junk. When you get your own house, you can live like a hoarder if you want to. But now, step it up. Get up there and get behind your mom and dad and do what they ask you to do. I believe we need to understand it is another serious problem in our age, and that is the care for our aged. It is getting to be a terrible situation in America and around the world, for that matter. The pagan woke crowd is pushing euthanasia more and more. Hey, if they're not going to be a productive part of society then let's just get rid of excess baggage. But I will tell you something, God warns against that. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, and verse 4, If any man, if any widow have children, let them learn. Let these children and nieces and nephews to requite their parents. For that is good and acceptable before God. The word requite there means to repay. There is so much to repay them for. Now, it's circumstances might be that you're unable to have them in your home. That's certainly acceptable, but you still need to make sure they're cared for. It may be that you not be able to move into their home, and it may be that you can't just sit there talking to them 24-7. But the Bible says we need to make sure that they are cared for physically and make sure that they are safe. Notice what it says. That is good and acceptable. Just so we're clear, we're not a good person if we don't care for our parents. And it's unacceptable if we don't. That's what God is saying. And if you want to know more about this, God steps it up further in the chapter. Look at verse 8. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8. But of any man, just so we're clear, God said, if any Christian man does not provide, any Christian woman does not provide for their own, they are worse than an infidel. Now, the word infidel is a Greek word. It's made of two words. ah, meaning no, and pistas, which is the word for faith or reliance. God says that if we don't care for those who have given so much to us, we are lower than a no-faith God-rejector. And that's about as low as it gets. When somebody knowingly has been cared for by God their whole life, God has given them water and food, and God has given them all these blessings. And then to just thumb their nose at God and say, no, I don't want you or your son. My friend, that is a terrible thing. Did you know that, in fact, one of the reasons for the infamous Babylonian captivity that Israel had to endure was because they had rejected their parents? You've maybe never seen it before. Ezekiel chapter 22 and verse number 7. The great prophet said, In thee have they set light by father and mother. In other words, they've just treated mom and dad so lightly, so disrespectfully. No weight, no kebab, as he says. In verse 15, here's the result I will scatter thee among the heathen and disperse thee in the countries. Listen, friend, no society, no nation, no state can disrespect parents and expect to flourish. We see crime-ridden cities in America now. Beautiful cities. Cities that at once were just amazing cities. Cities like San Francisco. And people are wondering, what can we do about all the situation there? And officials in our state and in our cities are saying, something new needs to be done. Something needs to be done. And so, They have said, well, we should defund the police, or we should shut down prisons, or we should decriminalize drugs. We've got to find something new, they say. Friends, they've got it all wrong. We don't need to find something new. We need to find something old. We need to go back to the Bible, God's eternal book, the truth of God's word. What is needed in this country? What is needed in this country? is for our administration to get behind its families and to get behind the Word of God and to say, yes, we value moms and dads. That's what we need. We need to get back to the Word of God. Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land. And look up here, please, for just a moment. And let me tell you, I could summarize the whole message in one sentence, really. The most powerful An influential force on earth today is the faith of godly mothers and fathers. Thank God for moms. Every day they are called upon to selflessly minister to the needs of their family, feeding a baby in the middle of the night, preparing meals. Moms continually put themselves and put their others before themselves. This morning we need to think of what we owe our moms she gave us our very life. Her blood, her blood flows through our veins. Maybe, just maybe, the closest thing to the love of God is the love of a mother. Now this morning, let's make this very practical before we leave. Why don't you sit down, write a letter, write a note. Make sure that you let your mother and father for sure, Tell them how grateful you are. And I will tell you one thing, they will read that note over and over again. And someday when they come to the end and you go through their effects, you'll find that letter, how precious and special it was to them. Pay that visit on them. Make that phone call. Do something extra for mom and for dad. Show them the affection. And do it sooner rather than later. And if your parents are not living, as Pastor Luke said moments ago, he said, the best thing you can do to honor your mom is to be in church and serve God and live a good life. That's the way we honor them. And for those of you who maybe have a mom or a dad, you didn't maybe even know, or maybe you did know them and they weren't what they should have been. Please know, our heart aches for you. I must tell you, last night I was standing out in the dark in my yard and just the Lord just began to speak to my soul. Tears began to roll down my cheeks, and I prayed for people. I know, oh God, hearts are heavy. So many people have so many needs, and yet uh, I asked God to minister today to each one. And I certainly already have felt that in so many ways. But here's what I could tell you. If that is the case, if it is the situation where you were mistreated, can I tell you something? Nothing will be gained by not forgiving them. Nothing. Just forgive them and move on. Make sure that as you go on, you live a life for God, and God will just bring His peace into your soul. Now let me just wrap this all up by saying, you know, if the Bible says we are to honor our father and our mother, and we should be, how much more should that apply to our Heavenly Father? Have you honored Him? Have you given Him your heart? Have you asked Him to be your Lord and Savior? If you have, you've made the first step towards honoring mom and dad. Receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior is the first step to honoring God. I'd like you to bow your heads with me, please. We hope you enjoyed listening to the preaching and teaching from God's Word today. You can get more information about our church and about starting a relationship with Jesus Christ at www.thehomechurch.net. From all of us here at the Home Church in Lodi, California, thank you for joining us.